there's a lot of change. And so as a CIO, that's one of the things we're really good at. We help people understand change and culture change and the leadership that has to support that and the process that you go through to be able to create that change. There will always be somebody stronger, faster, and smarter than you. Surviving depends on your adaptability to change. Those who are the most adaptable are dialed in. morning. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by George Crawford. He's a CIO, CISO for Catapult Energy Services, over 25 years uh, in his role as CIO. Good morning, George. Are you ready to get dialed into the show today? I am, Kyle. How are you this morning? Awesome, man. Awesome. So well, what is the thing? We know you're a CIO and you've had, you have an extensive career with that. But what is the thing within that uh, paradigm that you are the most dialed into? Yeah, well, the topic obviously most dialed into right now is um, making sure for our companies in oil and gas that um, we're tuned into the existing market and that we're trying to go through this shift that we have going on right now and being able to be viable companies grow in this time of of challenge when a lot of the uh, oil prices and the different things that are going on right now prevent us from you know, being real robust environment in the oil and gas completion environment. So that's really where we're trying to be, trying to be really innovative and trying to be very transformational in what we're, how we're approaching things to be able to continually be, um, you know, profitable and get out the other side and look at mergers, acquisitions and other things that make sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oil and gas uh, obviously took, took a really big hit uh, lately, right? Um, yeah. Showing any show, and not, not really showing much positive signs in the near-term future, right? But, but long-term, we know that it's, it's, it's going to be a necessity. It's, it's not going anywhere. So, uh, right. what, so what, what are some of the challenges that, uh, that, you guys are, that you guys are working through now? Well, some of the challenges we're working through right now, obviously, um, we have a lot of individuals that are, uh, that are essential, so they have to be on site. We can't do a lot of the remote features uh, and um, the individuals working within the company. We can do that for all the back office and other areas. So that was our initial challenge, getting everyone up and ready through this COVID time. Uh, That's all kind of ironed out. It's kind of smooth sailing right now and and getting great productivity from our our troops. So that's awesome. Uh, Understanding the new paradigm shift associated with that. Uh, people that aren't used to working at home and things. So uh, changing that, working through the HR and the culture environment to be able to be uh, really productive during this time. And then the challenges we face are, are being safe and, and keeping everyone out in the field as safe as we can, because again, we have to be out there. Um, so that's one of the biggest challenges that we're facing right now uh, associated with the oil and gas area and different environments. So we've created some new tools that keep people um, they take it each day to make sure that uh, that they're um, safe. And they don't have any um, symptoms or signs associated with COVID to keep their fellow personnel safe and themselves. And so we go through that process now. We implemented that. That's working great. And so all of that and then the communication that we're having constantly with all of our customer base associated with the COVID because, again, we're in their environment. And the difficult thing for us is that we're around third parties. Uh, out in the field. So we have a lot of that going on too. So we've leveraged technology to be able to keep us as safe as we possibly can in the field. So uh, those are some of the things that we're trying to do from and uh, from a technology perspective, be able to keep our guys working and keep them safe and informed and change the culture as, as we're going through it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds like a very challenging time. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely is. So, uh, with respect to your career, right, uh, thirty plus years uh, in in the technology career. So you've you've been through a lot. You've seen a lot of ups and downs. You've you've, you've gone through a lot of uh, a lot of different scenarios. I assume. So, uh, can you maybe take us through through some of those that kind of. Uh, uh, molded your career to where it is now to becoming where you are now as the CIO. Um, yeah. So take us, take us through one of those stories, one of those, one of those, one of those times. Okay. Well, I think a, a lot of that has to do. And, and one of the things that I really try to promote with uh, my peers, as well as with the students that I mentor and others is the communication and being able to communicate within your organization effectively from a technology perspective is really important. So from a technology perspective, the thing that's really changed over time over my career is originally uh, as a technologist, we always wanted to have a seat at the table because we knew and we've known for a long time, the more interactive we are with our peers, with the other business leaders, with the board, with the C-suite, the more we interact with that, the more rapport that we establish with them, the more that we're going to be able to help them uh, be innovative and transformational within what they're doing. So to gain that trust and rapport, we have to be able to speak multiple languages. So you have to be able to speak finance and accounting. You have to be able to speak sales and marketing. You have to speak operations. Um, so one of the things that has really helped me from an operational perspective, because as a CIO being in the, in, in the corporate office on a regular basis, you don't really get access to the operational side of things, but there's such a tremendous amount, especially in oil and gas that you can do from an operational perspective that makes a big impact, that really moves the needle associated with your company, that can be competitive advantages and other things. So one of the things that uh, really helped me is uh, we had a, an issue uh, with one of our companies, uh, the president and CEO had to go uh, in another opportunity. So I stepped in and I got to be the, the president and CEO, uh, CEO, excuse me, for that company. So I really learned the operational side in the oil and gas area. So all those things that are important from that. So from that, we it was tremendously helpful because we implemented so many new tools and so many different things of technology that made it easier for our guys in the field to do the things they needed to do. And we got much more robust information that we started leveraging that data and that information then to be able to be more effective and more profitable within the field. So I think over my career, the thing that I've really learned is that the communication with others and establishing that rapport and being able to speak their language is, is paramount. So and having that opportunity to be the, the president and COO of that one company and understanding how to speak that the language of operations, which I had never had before. And being able to do that, and then at the same time, uh, when you're talking to any group, you have to talk to them, and you have to speak their language, or they're going to glaze over. One of the things that I've always done in my presentations is we talk about the, the three-second glaze, which is if you're in the boardroom talking to them and they say, hey, come in and tell us what's going on, and you start talking technology, within three seconds, you've glazed them over, lost them, and now you're not being effective in your communication with them. So, so you have to learn how to speak to the, to the board. You have to learn how to speak to the different groups. So I think over my career, that's the number one thing I think is really paramount, is being able to effectively communicate at any level with any group. 
I, I love I love the three second glaze and and we're not we're not talking about donuts here. Three second glaze. That, that's, that's yeah. Awesome. Go back and listen to that part if you are watching this later. Uh, so so you were juggling the CIO role and thrown into the president and COO um, all at the same time. I mean that sounds that's stressful. So how, how, did, how, how did you how did you manage? How did you do both? Uh, well, I have a really great team, so that's extremely important for any uh, leader within the technology group as a CIO or CISO. The team is really the, the essence of what you do within that organization. So as a leader, the, the whole idea is when you build that team and you have that rapport with your team, then everyone kind of understands the challenge that you're facing at that particular time and through that communication process that you have with them. And, and again, my team is, is awesome. They're, they're the ones, they're the stars, right? That's how it, it normally is. You, you get a face associated with being president, CEO of this or CIO of this, but it's really your team and those team dynamics and the people within your team that make you shine as an individual. So I always give the credit to them because they're the ones that are really deserving of the credit. So that's that's really was a, a huge thing for me. All, all my whole team stepped up, supported me, and really helped and facilitated um, because I was out in the field probably 60% of the time. So that's when you get that communication process and the culture that you've established over the years that really comes up and supports that endeavor. Oh, awesome, awesome. And, and how do you think the role of the CIO slash CISO um, is evolving, especially now? Uh, obviously, yeah. you're dealing with a lot of uh, in the times related challenges, but um, beyond that, like, how do you see this role evolving? Well, it's it's evolving because uh, it, it's it's evolving because of perception of the different leaders within your organization on the CIO. So. 15 years ago, we were the computer guys, right? So that was technology. Mm -hmm. And now what we're doing is we're establishing ourselves in the business community within our environments. And once you start gaining that respect from a business perspective within the other individuals within your group, now when you talk to them and you've helped them through a business issue, you've helped them become a star, um, which I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I, the previous company I was with, we had an engineering group and they were responsible for about 50% of our revenue. And, but the profitability wasn't quite there. And the individual that was over that was a, this old trusty engineer that knew all about engineering. It did a great job. Our projects were very successful, but they weren't as profitable as they could have been. He didn't really care about that side of it. He wanted to execute and execute properly and be a good contributor. But no one could talk to him. No, he didn't have respect for anyone. I went in and worked with him for probably, I don't know, three, four months and established that rapport. It was very, very slow going, but I was able to do that. And that changed our profitability from about the 21% to about 48%. But it's, it's established in that rapport. I was an engineer background. I knew how to talk to him. I was on projects with him. I actually worked on different projects with him. And as we did that, then I established that rapport more and more. So once you do that, he saw me as part of his environment and he knew I understood his business. Once you start doing that and getting into understanding those the other elements of the business, whether it's finance and accounting, and you, you know what the challenges are from an accounting perspective in that process, 
but they respect you because you've shown that you understand the business side of the issue now. So that's really where a lot of things are shifting for the CIO and the CISO and others is we're now getting a seat at the table. We're starting to gain that rapport with the other business leaders and we're starting to gain the respect that it's, and the irony of it, I, I tell people, the irony of being a CIO is it's not about technology, it's about business. And once you understand the business and how you can leverage technology to make business better, to move the needle, to be able to make those, um, you know, that innovation within that area or transformation, then you've won and then they ask you back more and more and more and more. So that's really where the shift is going. I think you'll see a lot more CIOs and, and CISOs on board seats um, because we have a lot to contribute at the board level. There's a lot of things going on right now that there's a, a lot of risk and mitigation that needs to happen from all of the different cyber issues. And now when they want to start talking about cyber insurance, they want to know at the board level, why do I need cyber insurance? So when we can go in and talk to them, then that really helps facilitate them starting to respect us and wanting us as part of that environment and seeing that we can contribute to it. So that's really where the shift is going before technology. Now it's more and more in business. And obviously we have a lot more challenges now with the cyber side of things. So once we, once we start addressing that uh, with our board and, and they see us as the subject matter expert within that, then we start getting more and more uh, interaction with them. Right, absolutely. Um, it, you know, with, with with respect to all industries, there's been an acceleration of digital transformation. To use some buzzwords here, but it, it is what it is. It's happened. So, w within the respects of your business, uh, what accelerations have you seen um, take place in the last, you know, four or five months here? Well, a lot of it is, um, like you said, with the digital transformation that's going on. So people are starting to understand that there's a tremendous amount of benefit that you can gain when you have data and you take that data and you convert that data into information that's decision making information for your teams that they didn't have before. For instance, one of the big things that we've done is we, we've always knew our profitability, but we never had daily project oriented profitability. So now we know on a job what our profitability is every single day. So now we can head off the something that the unpleasant outcomes, we can actually adjust shift and actually affect the outcome now. So all of that digital transformation and all the data that's out there and available, that's kind of always been available. We just understand and we've always understood the value of it. But now that more and more people are going, hey, we have this data that we collect out in the field on a regular basis from all these different instrumentations. We, it's the OT side of our business. And with all the OT side of our business, and now we're capturing all that data. And now what we did was we're providing it back to our customers in a meaningful information way where they're driving information from it and benefit from it. Now they love us. Now they want us because our competitors don't have that ability because we've done that. And then the other thing, we're taking a step into AI with all of that OT data. And with that AI, now we're extrapolating information from that data itself using an AI engine that's given us even more information. And again, that our customers didn't have before. So now they're gaining benefit and gaining access to that and they like it and they want more and more. So we actually have projects going on with some of the tier one customers that we have to refine that even more. So those are some of the digital transformation issues that we're doing in oil and gas, believe it or not, which is, you know, has been the, uh, not very innovative in the past. Right, now, right. They're now they're embracing it as a brand new way to be able to become more and more profitable in it in a time when it's more and more challenging. Now, now, now was that project 
underway anyway, or was it accelerated by all the events that happened? Um, it was, it's been underway, but uh, it's been accelerated. And that's what I think a lot of CIOs will tell you. One of the biggest transformations that we've been able to accomplish in the last, you know, three months is because it's no longer, hey, let's put this in pilot. Let's go through this process. And then six months, maybe we'll get something out and, and gain buy-in and, and mind share within our organization for that. And now it's like, um, we need it this week. We don't have time to change anything. We're going to do it. Everyone's going to embrace it. The leadership's going to get behind it and go. So now it's like things that used to take us six months to gain enough you know, uh, headwind from the management and the leadership of the organization. Now they're going, um, hey, can we do this in one week? It's like, absolutely we can. Now we have that transformation going on. So that's one of the other big things that's really affected us, which is great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Has that presented other challenges with respect to um, you know, not, not being able to take the, the time necessary to evaluate the vendors you're working with or, or whoever the yeah. you're working with, right? Now you got to yeah. move fast, right? So, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm part of a group uh, called uh, the cyberhouston.org. And it's an ISAL, which is basically information dissemination for the community, trying to um, help people understand the challenges we face, mm -hmm. which is one of the ones that you were just uh, alluding to, which is, so now you do this and you and you get it out there. Well, we had to engage with a third party vendor that we didn't have the regular due diligence time to go through and make sure that what's their profile, how how secure are they in their cyber? And we know where, where we are on their cyber perspective. But now we're having to trust others. Um, and so going through and vetting them typically takes longer than a week. So you have to put other controls in place where you can keep them at arm's length as you go through this process. So we've kind of created a rapid onboarding process that we get go through, which is really important uh, because the cyber side of things, that's a, that's a big part of a CIO or a CISO's role nowadays um, and it's going to become more and more important because it's not just the regular blocking and tackling you have to do you have to start to get into the ai side of things and especially for us in our scada systems the ot side of things all the instrumentation all the different things that we have out there uh, now those are things that we have to really bring in underneath and help um, in ensure the security of that and that we're safe from a cyber perspective for all those things we never thought about before. Well, we do, but a lot of people haven't thought about the OT side of it. How do you keep a transmitter out in the field safe where someone can't access it um, and then do something malicious or uh, anything else associated with it? So those are some of the things too. Well, yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. I mean, we, we used to see these projects just kind of like go on and on forever, right? And it gets to the tail end of the project and it's always the user adoption, which is the slowest. Uh, the slowest side of the equation, but how, right. how have you seen the user adoption now? Um, because now it's like you have no choice, like you have to adopt it. So uh, are you seeing yeah. improved user, user adoption, I would assume? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so the user adoption, it's and it's kind of amazing how quickly that that's going forward right now. And and part of it, I think, is because now that we're all remote, there's we're doing more to communicate. When you're in a meeting uh, within a, a group and you have four or five different people on the conference line or whatever else. Now you're seeing everyone. You're seeing the body language. You're seeing the different aspects of, of what they're doing when you're on these meetings. And a lot of us are doing these regular stand-up meetings that we have with our team, brief, but we're, we're staying in touch. We're staying in communication. We're, we're making sure that we have that 
you know, the, the visual side of things, to be able to see the body language, to be able to make eye contact, be able to do all those things. And it's amazing how quickly people will adopt things when they see that shift in, in the, where we are right now, because everyone understands that we're in a big change period of time right now. And so their willingness to continue to do that and the user adoption associated with it, we don't have nearly as much of the water cooler talk that we used to have where people would say, you know, why are we doing this or whatever else? People are uh, much more uh, pro adoption of these new things. So user adoption is, is, it's actually improved, at least our experience has been in the field and from our back office perspective too. Excellent, excellent. Um, and so uh, as we start to wrap up here, it's, it's, it's the top of the hour, uh, we have till nine. So um, as we start to wrap up here, uh, with respect to your career, uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Something that would be applicable to people that are watching this uh, today? I think the most important thing was what we had talked about, which is uh, being able to speak to people. Um, you don't speak up, you don't speak down, you respect that person and you be present with them where you're listening and you're paying attention and you're uh, doing that active listening. And you listen not for a pause so you can speak, you actually listen to hear what they're saying. So the communication is, for me, has been the, the biggest game changer. And my professor at U of H, Michael Parks, um, was the one that taught me a, that really important lesson of, of when you listen and how you do that. So that's back from, you know, 91 when I learned that lesson. But that has carried through and has done well by me because the more you be, the more that you can communicate effectively to people and they really appreciate the fact that you're speaking to them and you treat them as equals, which we all are, then the, the value of that is they feel that, they, they believe that. And so they're, they're much more willing to lower that defense and really communicate effectively and really where you really talk and really communicate and then you can carry things forward. So that it goes with business leaders of different groups, of the board, of anyone, when you establish that rapport and that relationship. For a CIO, that's paramount because they have to accept us and invite us into their environment for us to be really effective and so once you establish that communication, so I would say the number one thing is, is the lesson of communication, speaking to people, and that it's really about people and, and being able to communicate with them. Uh, absolutely. Uh, active listening, it seems to be a lost art, but that is the, the, number, one, the number one thing that I took away from that listening part for sure. Uh, what is the best business book you've ever read or a book you could apply to business? Um, one of there's there's so many, right? Um, uh, Bill Gates' original book, but I would say uh, the one book is Good to Great uh, because the concept behind that is a lot of people are okay with good, and good doesn't get you transformational type of innovation. Good keeps you good, and but when you go to the great side, you have to risk a little bit of the good. So the, that book came out and a lot of people started understanding if, if we don't risk and challenge good, which a lot of people are real comfortable in that area, if you don't challenge that to get to great, that's where the technology groups that, that I'm a part of in networking and other things, that's what we talk about as well as within the CIO role, to be able to go in and say, good isn't good enough, 
and we can help the transformational side because when you go from good to great, there's a lot of change. And so as a CIO, that's one of the things we're really good at. We help people understand change and culture change and the leadership that has to support that and the process you go through to be able to create that change. So when you do that, you start looking at more and more innovative and transformational things within your company, within your business, and how technology can actually come into play and, and facilitate that change, that innovation. So Good to Great, for uh, I think, was one of the really good books to be able to help people transition into, challenge the status quo, challenge what you currently do from a process perspective from it, and be innovative and transformational within your environment within your business and technology, people, processes, and technology, that's all about what you can do to be that transformational CIO. Awesome. Awesome. It's not, not a good book. It's a great book. Yes. Great book. Awesome. Uh, and last question for you today, uh, uh, George, what is something you do like a daily habit you do on a daily to keep yourself dialed in? Um, well, I think that the, I communicate with my team on a, on a daily basis. I think that, uh, I also spend at least an hour each day um, learning new things within technology, within what we're doing. Um, I understand our business. I, uh, you know, I sit in on all of our board meetings. That's not every day, obviously, but to be able to be dialed in and communicate with the team on a regular basis. Uh, and then personally for me, you know, I do a lot of biking and a lot of exercising, a lot of swimming uh, daily. Then that kind of keeps my, uh, my mental acuity as, as much as you can in today's time with COVID and with everyone sequestered and not going out. So being able to have that as a balance, work-life balance, and that's one of the things with my team that we do a really good job on, that we all support each other in, is that work-life balance, making sure that we're always checking on each other. We really care about the team. So uh, that's one of the things that really keeps our engines going smoothly is making sure that we're in touch and in tune with our team. Excellent, excellent. And and real quick, because you mentioned it, uh, you said you spent about an hour a day learning some, something new. What, what's something that you've been learning new recently? Okay, well, I, I cheated the last few days, and I'm actually learning more about quantum mechanics. So, um, fun? Kind of a, yeah, it's, it's awesome. There's, there's a lot of new things coming out right now, different matrices and different uh, philosophies and different perspectives on it. So I haven't been doing too much technology the last few days, but normally it's all technology. And a lot of it's on the cyber side of things uh, and all the different things that you have to keep up with on a regular basis. And also the importance of the, from an OT perspective, that's getting to be more and more of a concern. It's one of the top things for, uh, the, for the FBI and their, what they're looking at from a terrorist perspective to be able to make sure that the OT side and our infrastructure is secure. So I'm getting more and more uh, of the different things out there, information associated with that as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, sounds sounds fascinating. The quantum mechanics, I'm sure that that relates to IT, though. It all, it all comes back. It, all it comes does. Back. Yeah. It does. Yeah, you learn something, and then you're talking in a, in a conversation, and it comes up. It's like, wow, I didn't know that that would come up. Great. Thanks for listening to Dialed In. This show is brought to you by Acuerdo.io the world's first orchestration agency for the future of work. Go check us out at acuerdo.io. This show can also not be put together without great partners, Robin Austin and Casey Yarbrough of Elevate Exchange, membership for IT leaders. 
And remember, to win in life, to win in business, to win in your career, it's not about being the strongest, the fastest, or the smartest. It's simply about being the most adaptable to change, the most dialed in.